Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. It's really great to connect with all of you on this amazing day, very different day. Uh, you know, some people are jumping up and down in the streets and others are like saying, what just happened? But it doesn't matter because what we do on this show, I got to tell you, it's all about positive talk. It's about looking at life and saying, yeah, Maybe that is what I have showing up in front of me today. But in the end, I get to create the life that I want. And what it is that I love about this is that we get to look at ourselves, get to look at our get to look at our life in so many different ways. You know, it's kind of like interesting for me. You know, I took a look at uh, or I have been looking at lately, you know, what it is uh, that. I want to do with my life and how I can be of more service to all of you. And what that means is that something happened to me along the way of being me. And I started to think about it. But before I get into all of that, how about we say hello to Mr. B? Hi, Benny. Hey, what's up, Pat? And I have a guest, hey. too. So we're ready to jump into. Uh, yeah, ready to roll. Yeah, right? just to let you know. But uh, it's a great day to say hello to you. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, part of this is how we look at our lives and we think about the things that are most important to us. And in, in a lot of cases, we don't really take a look at, or at least my sense is, I didn't take a look at what my spiritual journey was all about, what that came to mean to me, what it came not to mean to me, when was it that I pulled the plug and said, hello, uh, I want to be able to jump in and do something different. Well, today, as I mentioned to all of you, is we've got a great show for you today. You know, we're going to be talking about shamanic spirits of Nepal. And what we're going to be talking about is what that comes to mean to all of us. Whether you're thinking about your life in a way that you're saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, I, I don't know. I don't know how I got here. I don't know why I got here. I don't know now that I'm here what I'm supposed to do now that I'm here. And I'm thinking that I'm not alone in any of that. And so a lot of times what we do is we try to turn to that which we can call upon. And sometimes, sometimes, we get it, and sometimes we don't. And so today, joining me here today on the show to talk about her latest work of art, and I mean latest work of art, I don't even know where I'm going to be able to get to everything she's put in this book. You know, it's, uh, it's incredible to have her back. And I'm talking about Evelyn Reisdyke joining me here today. And the reason that I love that she's here on the show is, and I never pronounce her name right, even when she gives it to me, is because we're being called to negotiate different things now. And what she's talking about here in, in this book is practices for negotiating the spirit world. And why is that important for us to know about? Well, if you've ever been like me, then what you're looking at is you're looking at different things in life that have gone well for you and maybe some things that haven't. But what is it that we learn about ourselves and about our lives 
regardless of whether it goes well or doesn't go well, what do we learn about when we call in the spirit world? Today, that's what we're talking about. And by the way, for those of you out there, we've got a special CD we're giving away. But get ready for this. We're talking about a form of shamanism that allows us to tap in to some of the deep, deep, deep places that many of us want to get to, to get an understanding, to make sense of the world in a world sometimes that doesn't make sense. Evelyn, great to have you. Well, that's a heck of an introduction. <laughs> yeah, I thought I'd kick it up for you a little bit right there. <laughs> awesome. It's good to be back with you, Pat. <laughs> but how, how many times, Evelyn, let's just talk about this for a minute. How many times do we try to, What what is it, Einstein? How many times do we try to solve the problem at the level that the problem was created? And everybody has sort of debated what Einstein meant by that. But I think if you read deeper into who Einstein was, what you find is a man that so believed in science, but also believed in spirituality. And, you know, so often we try to go down a pathway and look for possibilities in a very logical, linear way. Tell us about whether or not that works. And if it does work, when does that work? Well, you know, I, 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 I'm thinking of a different quote. You know, if you keep uh, doing things the same way and it doesn't work each time and you do it again anyway, then that, that's some people's definition of being crazy. Yeah, that's it. So, that's the definition you know, of insanity, of doing the same thing yeah. over and over and over again, expecting a different result. Yeah. Right, right. So in my mind, you know, so much of our current world is uh, is broken and in the process of un unraveling for something new to emerge, we can't keep doing it the old way. The old way is, is dying around us. And yeah. the, the earth needs us to do things in a different way. And our own, I think our own, our own souls need us to do things in a different way. And some of that different way is, is recalling actually uh, a different way of perceiving um, masculine and feminine, a different way of perceiving our relationship to the unseen world, a different way of perceiving our relationship to the earth and the spirits. Uh, all of that, I think, is up, and it's and it's kind of a return to an older way of thinking, at the same time using that to springboard us into a possibility that has never been before. It sounds a little... A little mad to, to say it that way, but it really is true. I think we're ca calling for a, a stronger, deeper foundation for us to create something that has never been created before. Yeah. You know, here's what I love. This is something what I love. And I think I talked to you about this last time. We're going to have so much fun today. We're already having fun. <laughs> but I'm a girl from the Bronx. As a matter of fact, I'm from District 14 in the Bronx. I went to PS14. Now, there's a, I'd say, kind of really rising congresswoman now that's also congresswoman for that district here. And I am always struck by why or how a person like me gets to be connecting with the thousands of listeners, all of whom I love, I get to do something, talk to you about shamanic path. And yet, as so many people visiting the Himalayan, the whatever we want to call it, region of the world is on my bucket list. How does that even become a thing? Well, you know, as a, an expat New Yorker living in Maine, uh, <laughs> I, I think um, the blessing and curse of having grown up where we've grown up is that we have seen so many possibilities expressing themselves that we, I think it, it sort of gives me at least courage to look for one I haven't seen before. You know, to look for possibilities that were not expressed, knowing that with all the ones I've seen, there have to be more. Does yeah. that make sense? <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, I, I think that, you know, you and I are talking on this day as breaking news screams across the headlines 
in our political arena. And one of the things that I love is how Linda sets these interviews up so far in advance to actually remind us what is really important, right? Right. What is really important. And I want to talk with you about this. You, sure. you have written, so I can't even begin to talk to you about the books you've written. But here's my question, which is going to seem kind of dumb. Why Nepal? Well, I, I have a really good answer for that. I uh, was okay. really, really blessed to work with a Nepalese shaman. Somebody mm. I met years ago at a, at a gathering of the Society for Shamanic Practitioners. Yes, there is such an organization. And uh, we just hit it off. He speaks English quite well, having studied uh, in... Uh, he got his master's degree, so he's, he's learned English quite well. He lives in Italy half a year because he's married to an Italian woman. And so he's uh, got this wonderful combination of being steeped in 27 generations of... Um, shamans in his family. He's the latest of 27 consecutive generations, and also having been trained in Western ideas. So he's, he's a bridge person that I think is, is remarkable, that, that position that he finds himself in. And what I learned from him was the, the critical difference, I think, between our two cultures, that is really helpful for me to kind of decode where we're off track. So mm -hmm. in teaching the traditions of Nepal, you know, you work with not only the spirits of nature like you would in any other shamanic tradition, but you work with a whole slew of deities. And these are, uh, these come primarily through the uh, Hindu pantheon, because like in South America where the indigenous uh, traditions absorbed Catholicism and turned the saints into spirits that they already knew. The same thing is true in Nepal. The ancient traditions of shamanism absorbed the Hindu pantheon, and they worked with, the, with them as a shaman would. And what I realized is somehow in the cultures of the East, they have a real, uh, they have preserved an understanding of the need for both the divine feminine as well as the divine masculine. The second thing, which I think is more critical, is that in exploring that tradition, I realized part of what makes it so difficult for us in the West to uh, open up to a new possibility is because of the foundational religious traditions that we have in the West. So the yeah. traditions of what I call, the, uh, referred to as the Levant, which is the Middle East, the traditions of Judaism, Islam, and Christianity are all marvelous traditions, so I'm not dissing anybody. But I, what I recognized is the, the foundation of them is based on uh, a father god, and the feminine is not uh, honored to the same degree as the Father God. But more importantly, there is this sense that you do not come in as a divine being, that you come in with the task of having to follow a specific road in order to, to uh, literally gain your wings and go to heaven to be with God. So it, it kind of puts everybody behind the eight ball, and since all of those three traditions really have... Um, common roots, there, you know, we are children of either Abraham or Abrahim, which is the same character. Right. There, there is this sense of um, basically being in competition with one another. We have to be better than the next person, and, and it's kind of like a, an eternal game of survivor, so you get to sit at the, the right-hand side of the divine. Now, if you compare that with traditions in the East, you are honored as a divine being, and your religious path is one of awakening to your true nature, and that everything around you also is divine. Now, that has beautiful uh, overlap to the older shamanic traditions that believe that everything is alive, that no being is more or less important than any other being, because we're part of this divine whole and that we honor the 
individual spirits as as fellow travelers, fellow sacred beings that we are already in relationship with. And we take care of those beings because they are, the particularly the spirits of nature, are always taking care of us. So it, 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 to me it was an interesting exploration to, to see how in Nepal they've managed to, yes, absorb those Hindu uh, deities, but also kept this foundation of shamanism that I saw reflected also in Hinduism. It was it was a really remarkable intellectual journey for me, separate from the spiritual journey. It was this beautiful combination of trying to decode. You know, I think. Uh, let me start a new sentence. <laughs> when I when I look around me, I see that there's there's so many things wrong that there has to be something really fundamentally wrong at the root. You know, it's like family systems therapy. There's always one person that winds up going to the therapist as the identified patient, but it's really the system that's not in good shape. So there's there's, there's this root of our of our culture being uh, out of balance, um, not looking at everything and every being as sacred. That allows us to destroy the environment. Allows us to suppress people that don't look like us, that don't have the same religious tradition as us, that don't have the same um, sexuality as us, mm-hmm. that that root disorder or disease that we have as a culture, I think, leads to that kind of behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, you said something interesting, because I absolutely uh, want to dig into what you've written in the book. It's so much so, Benny. Let's go ahead and skip the break. Um, when I think about this, and boy, I'll tell you, I've gone through your book now twice, and it is not the kind of book that I skim through. And I don't know if you know this. Well, I think you know this from the last interview I did with you. I do. I read the books. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I zoomed in on And uh, I'm probably going to jump ahead to it, and then we can kind of backtrack, because I think it's related. And that is the cosmic plan. And the reason I want to talk about the cosmic plan, because I think it captures what you're talking about, uh, the the Nepalese cosmology. And, And I want to explain to people what that is, because part of the conversation for us today is... If I am going to be in the world, of the world, and I'm going to be in this space of absolute, unlimited possibilities, then boy, I better be watching something other than the news 24-7. But yet, why is it that after these books you've written, your messages, we sometimes wait And the last resort is to take a look at negotiating the spirit world. Well, I think that's the that's the um, that's the curse and the blessing of having ordinary senses. You know, (laughs) our experience our experience is really wired to our physical senses. We start to devour the world with our senses as soon as we're born. And some people say there is a whole discipline of. uh, prenatal uh, psychology, you know, that you pick up the, what's going on with your mom even when you're in utero, whether biochemically or otherwise. So uh, we are, uh, what's the train of my thought in some ways, but the... Um, no, I get idea, where you're going. I get where you're yeah, going with this. We have to remember that we are hardwired by our senses to see, you know, there's distance between things, so they must not be connected to us, that we can only see visible light, which is this tiny little slice of the electromagnetic spectrum. Birds, raptors see above it, and, you know, insects <laughs> can see below it. And the same thing is with the sound that we hear. It's this very narrow band of that we can hear. And we define everything of, that we consider, quote-unquote, real based on the input we get from our senses. So we try to solve the problems with those tools, and we forget sometimes that we have other abilities. We we all have that ability to know when somebody kind of walk, creeps up behind us 
and you know instinctively to turn around, or you're sitting in a restaurant and you can feel somebody staring at you, and you turn, and yes, they're staring at you. You can see them quickly look away if you go really fast. It, it, we have those abilities, but because they're not uh, as concrete as our senses, and because we don't get encouraged to work with them, we don't get encouraged to work with our intuition, we don't get encouraged to work with our imagination in our culture, we don't get in, uh, uh, encouraged to work with creativity, we don't get encouraged to... Can you imagine asking a child, for instance, like, what do you feel about that? I know, I know what you see, but what do you feel about that? What do you sense? Little kids see spirits. If we, we gave ourselves the opportunity to pay attention to the little ones before they become hardwired into the only reality is what I see, hear, taste, and touch, we would actually have a jump start on being able to be more spiritually connected uh, adults. But instead we'd say that the kids have an uh, quote-unquote, invisible friends, and when we say that, we assume that we, they just made them up. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah. So uh, we, you know, at, it's a, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, Pat. Well, looking back now, I can think about those experiences, and I think we're learning a whole lot about children these days and what their gifts are, what their talents are, what they're tapping into. You know, but one of the things that I think you're tapping upon is really looking at a sense of renewal in the belief that there is a cosmic plan and that we actually are active participants in it. I want to ask you this question. I mean, for me, when I think about how, I honestly don't know, Evelyn, I don't really know how you've been able to put so much wisdom into one place. But more than that, you've done something same as you've always done. But this is really different for me. You put in here at the end of every section, you put things like a journey exploration or you put something in like a process question, right? Yep. And I found your process questions so fascinating that honestly, you could write an entire book just on these questions just on these questions. Um, for example, you asked this question that I think is important, right, for me, because this, this has been an issue for me most of my life. It's been my voice, finding my voice in the world. Look, I'm a, I am this girl from the Bronx. I stuttered most of my teenage years, right? You know, right. my listeners have heard me say this, Benny probably, ad nausea. I was homeless at 17, you know, finding my voice, part one, was begging for money so I could eat right yep. at the Port Authority. But that's not the voice you're talking about when I look at this. So you asked this question. I want to talk about this when we come back from break. Okay, okay. Um, this is about using one's voice, singing shamanic songs. And see, we're so inhibited, I think, in this country. Thank goodness my stepmom helped us girls. We don't sing out loud. We're afraid to vocalize. But you ask, what has changed for you since you have opened up your voice as a shamanic tool? And I want to talk with you about this for a lot of reasons. One, metaphorically. Two, because of what we're seeing on the global front of what it means uh, 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 what it means to stand in our voice, right? And what does that mean to us to open ourselves up, not just to knowing what the cosmic plan is, but to seeing that we are active players in that. That's a lot to talk about. We're gonna take a short break. When we come back, gonna give you lots of information about the book, lots of information about Evelyn, we got a great CD to give away, Benny. Really cool stuff. When we come back, are you ready to not just explore the cosmic plan, but are you ready to engage with it? Stay tuned, everybody. Yep, going to take a shorty. We'll be right back. Take your own journey with the angels with Claire Candy Huff's Heaven Sent Guided Angel Meditation CD. 
letting go of concerns and living in the now. This beautiful CD walks listeners through practical exercises to help free them from the burdens, worries, and concerns of daily life. Walking a quarter of the way across the bridge, you see a bright emerald green light and sense a loving presence. This is Archangel Raphael's green healing energies, nourishing and revitalizing you. Take a moment now to bathe in this green healing light. Giving you much more than just relaxation and stress release, this wonderfully narrated CD provides vivid visualization, soothing and inspiring music, and an angel's choir that will bring you peace, clarity, and a newfound awareness. Visit angelhealinghouse.com today. Are you feeling stuck in unhealthy habits, toxic relationships, or low self-esteem? Do you crave a healthy relationship filled with inspiration? You might just be on the verge, on the verge of attracting your soulmate. Tune in each month to The Laura Richer Show, where dating coach Laura Richer and co-host matchmaker Peggy Bennett share tools for using your dating breakdown for a relationship breakthrough. For more information, visit richerhealinghypnosis.com. How often do you find yourself wondering, why me? Learn a new shift in perspective to see how everything that takes place in your life is actually working for you and shifting you towards your own enlightenment. Tune in to Blank Enlightenment Radio with Misty Thompson each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more, visit MistyMThompson.com. That's MistyMThompson.com. The knowledge book currently studied in 39 countries and 15 languages around the world accelerates our evolution, takes us out of depression, offers universal truths, protects us, and makes us stronger, both spiritually and physically. So if you are interested in the knowledge book, visit usa.thenowledgebook.net and tune in to the Knowledge Book Radio with Marge Potasik on TransformationTalkRadio.com. To find answers to life's questions, you need to look within yourself. Dr. Glenna Rice brings your questionable conversations on Transformation Talk Radio each month. Tune in each month for insight into how you can live up to your full potential. Dr. Glenna is a physical therapist, certified access consciousness, and access body class facilitator. How does it get any better than this? For more information on Dr. Glenna Rice and her work, visit GlennaRice.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Evelyn, you know, first of all, tell folks a bit about the book, where they can get a copy of the book and how they can find out more about you. Because, you know, within the time we have, you know, we're talking about small portions of what you've included in the book, but very important ones for today. Well, you can pick up the book, of course, through Amazon and other online uh, venues like Barnes & Noble. It's also available through bookstores. I know uh, there's a Kindle version also available on Amazon. And my website (coughs) is um, spiritpassages.com. That's one of them. And, of course, you can use evelynrisedike.com. And they both link back and forth to one another to make contact with me. So that it's easy to get. It's got step-by-step instructions on how, if you're already a shamanic practitioner, to step into the Nepalese world, and if you're not a shamanic practitioner, it even has a section on how to begin the journey, and you can use the book just as easily. So I hope folks enjoy it as much as I enjoyed writing it, and uh, now we can dig in and have some have some good chat. Yeah, let's have a good chat. I, I think the most one of the most important things that I, I came across is the multiple times in the book that you talk about voice. And by the way, we have a copy of the CD. You want to tell folks a little bit about CD before I open up the phone lines? Yes, absolutely. It's a, it's a download version of our Shamanic Journey CD. It's uh, three, three sections on the CD. The first one is me whistling and rattling to bring in the uh, helpful healing spirits, and you can use that to get centered or whatever. Then you have an hour of Shamanic Journey drumming. And the last cut on the CD is the callback signal. So you can make journeys of any length. Uh, and I think I also sent you a shorter version, but you at least got the CD. And those who uh, use the CD with the book 
it works perfectly. You'll be able to do journeys and get firsthand information. You know, it's great to read a book. It's great to hear about spiritual things from other people, but it's far better to have personal experience, and that's where my focus is. So I want you to have an opportunity to really dig in and explore shamanism, explore the spirit world, explore specifically the Nepalese work in, in uh, conjunction with this book. But to have personal experience is what helps you to expand your awareness, expand your perceptions, and also expand your understanding of yourself. Wow. Okay. One of the things that I'm really drawn into, especially throughout the book, is the idea of voice, having a voice, knowing you have a voice, knowing that the voice that we have is given to each of us uniquely. Um, and then, as you put it so beautifully, using a voice as a shamanic tool. But beyond that, how do we step into or acknowledge a cosmic plan if we are not looking or operating from that authentic voice within us? See, do you, do you understand my question? As if yeah, there is yeah. like a disconnect, like, like I'll be operating towards a cosmic plan that isn't really where I want to go. <laughs> well, I think it, having, you know, we're all connected in whatever we want to call the cosmic plan. They, they call it the divine pillar in the Nepalese tradition. And it is an interlocking, incredibly complex, um, like our ecosystem on the planet. All of these things interconnect. All of us, all the other beings, everything in nature, the stars, our planet is embraced by the sun, our sun is embraced by the Milky Way, the Milky Way is embraced by the rest of the cosmos. You know, we are part of this this enormous interconnected divine experience. And in order to be a full participant in that, because I don't think it's a passive thing that we do, we don't just ride along on the planet and we don't have to do anything, as mm -hmm. it whirls around the sun and, and the sun travels along with the Milky Way, it's our, it's our gift as embodied souls. We chose to jump into form, even if some of us uh, had second thoughts about that when we finally arrived here. We did choose to come into physical form. It was not punishment. You know, we didn't, it's not like a sentence that we were sentenced to be in the physical body. We're here to have the experience of recalling that interconnection while also having a sensory experience. I think that's the great prize that we keep jumping into form for, to recognize that it is possible to be fully, deeply aware of our interconnectedness while we're having a sensory experience, and in that, be a complete participant in that process. That's something that shamanism is really, uh, it's like the core of shamanism is about giving back to all the beings that you are hardwired to. You know, so shamans make offerings of gratitude to nature, to the source of their water, to whatever the local uh, physical uh, nature landmark, whether it be a mountain or a huge body of water, whatever it might be. It's because they are gaining sustenance from those things. Nature always gives to us, so it's our job to continue to give to nature. You are in this relationship, making it reciprocal is our challenge. And part of that reciprocity is to declare yourself as present. You know, remember in elementary school, they'd read our names for attendance, you know, and you'd have to shoot up your hand and go, here. And that that's what we're being called to do, I think, is to put up a hand and go, here, I'm here. And you don't have to know everything. You don't have to, um, you know, have a specific uh, focus of, you know, why you're here even yet. But to be here is is declaring that you're here. Yes, I'm here. I'm here, and I'm finding my way just like everyone else is, and I'm having to stretch myself to recognize my own preciousness as well as the preciousness of everything else and everyone around me. I'm in process, and being in process, we deserve to voice where we are in that process. You know, we tend to keep our mouths shut until we think we have a conclusion that we want to share. And that's not the way nature works. Nature is always a process. Nature is not about goals. And as part of nature, we need to express 
our process, express where we are, how we're thinking now, how we can allow our, our things to evolve, how we're stepping into reciprocity with the other humans around us, the natural world around us, with our own divine self. How are we doing those things and being able to talk about it and sing about it and be open about it unashamedly? You know, we all have this reticence that somebody else knows more than we do and we don't know that much and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flub up if I say something. Well, the truth of the matter is everybody that is out there has somebody smarter than them and everybody out there has somebody that doesn't know quite as much as you do. The, the important thing is to express who you are as this divine being and that like raising your hand to the cosmos, I'm here. I'm here. This is a wonderful movie from probably, oh gosh, must be 20 years ago. Uh-huh. Strange, Strange is in good company. It's a it's a Canadian movie, and it's about a group of senior citizens that go, uh, they're on a bus trip from the home that they live in, and they take a detour to try to see somebody's childhood home, and the bus breaks down. And, the, of course, where they've gone, there's no telephone, there's nothing, they have no food with them. And in the process of that movie, they tell their stories because they've never sort of been thrust into this kind of situation before where it's not a predictable, they have no predict, predictable way to be rescued or anything. So they start sharing from a deep place about who they are. And in one scene in the movie um, where they're, you know, they kind of run out of stuff to eat and somebody has been catching frogs and trying to feed each other frogs, um, they are... Uh, where there's an echo, you know, there there's a places where you have a, a natural echo, and mm-hmm. these women are standing there, one's resting on a cane, they're holding onto the railing of this uh, this porch of this childhood home of one of the one of the women, and they call out in their voices, "I'm here, <laughs> I'm alive," <laughs> and it's you know I get we'd be just visualizing that movie because that's really what we're asking everyone to do, you know, whatever shape you're in, whatever you think you know or don't know, to stand there and have the courage to say, I'm here, I'm alive. How can I participate? How can I participate? I want to be a part of the world. I want to step up to my place in that divine plan. How can I, how can I be fully present? Hmm. I think that what we're talking about here is really having a sense to, and by the way, Benny, uh, let's give out that CD, 1-800-930-2819, first caller, 1-800-930-2819. You know, what you're talking about, Evelyn, I think is, you know, there's so many piece parts to this, but yet in the end, I think we all want to stand tall in who we are and feel empowered in that. You you know, I don't think that we walk around holding the consciousness of victimhood, right? But yet life is life. I think think that that is true and not true. (laughs) Exactly. I was just going to say thank you. (laughs) I think it's it's true that that we are of two minds often, even those that, that... have been victimized and still very much carry the experience of themselves being victimized. Still have that um, that uh, irrepressible wellspring inside of them that, given support, can burst into a kind of uh, erupt like springtime happens here in Maine. You know, we go forever in winter, and then we have mud season. And then finally, green things come up. But when they do, because it's a compressed season, man, it explodes. And that's, that can happen in human beings where, you know, they've slogged through their winter. They're, they're slogging through mud season. But, you know, I think I just heard the spring call of the robin. And wow, that's yeah. all people need. And then it's like they can erupt. We need to support one another. We need to hear each other's voices. We need to share who we are. You don't have to agree. In fact, chances mm-hmm. are we won't agree. Mm-hmm. If, you know, but we have to declare our presence and our willingness to be part of the process. Yeah. Part of the process of life. 
Mm -hmm. Well, look, we have one of our longtime listeners waiting to come on and chat with us. Uh, Jay has called in for the show. He also is going to get the CD. Mr. Benny, let's chat with Jay. Yeah, Jay's here. Hey, Jay. How's it going, buddy? Hey, Jay. Hey, thank you, Benny. Thank you, Dr. Pat. I think it's awesome. Woohoo, I got the CD. Thank you so much. Looks yeah, you do. Uh, wow, how are you, Jay? Doing great. How are yourself? Pretty, pretty good. I can't wait to hear what your comment slash question is. Uh, yeah, thanks for, for taking my call. Um, you bet. My, my question is, is that um, regarding a ceremony, I feel that it's very uh, like a lost art in a way that we don't incorporate to a lot of events. You know, we do you know wedding ceremonies, but when it comes to like grief or um, coming of age, it, it's all lost. It's just a, like a, a time period that, in the moment, and then it's gone again. We don't make it a really great celebration, and for you know for other events that come in our lives. So why is that lost now? As when the ancients did it in shamanism, they had it in almost every you know daily life <laughs> in mm. some sort of way. Yep, and I think. I think there are people remembering that, at least around here, <laughs> around the people I'm, I'm seeing in my practice and seeing in our, in our programs. People are looking to have an, what feels authentic to them in terms of ceremony. And what, what I try to teach people is that ceremony can be spontaneous. It doesn't have to be something written in a book. All it has to do is come from the heart. It has to come from the desire to express gratitude or express the love for a couple or express whatever it is, that that heart place is where the original ceremonies came from, that somehow got written down and codified and, and became stilted and stiff and dull. When we come from the heart, you know, we can make our own ceremonies. We do all the time in shamanism. You're... You don't have the right tools and the right kit where you are, but you're feeling so grateful about something. You leave, I, I have long hair, so I always leave a little hair if I don't have any cornmeal or something in my pocket. So you, you can always leave something tangible, a bit of your lunch, whatever, to say, ah, oh, I feel so good right this moment being under you tree. I'm having my lunch under you and you're a city tree and you don't get enough respect, you know. There's like the Rodney Dangerfields of trees, those little city trees. I think, ah, you know, I know it's hard for you to be here, but boy, am I grateful that you have leaves today. Thank you. That simple thing changes not only the experience that you're having of that tree, it's the tree's also experience of you because you're actually paying attention because they're sentient. It also changes how you move through your day because when we express gratitude, it changes our physiology. So I, I advocate for spontaneous ceremony to be in whatever form makes sense to you at the time and to be unafraid of doing it wrong. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we have such a worry in our culture about doing things incorrectly. And if it comes from the heart, it's not incorrect. You know, if you're celebrating something with a ceremony, that's, that's all that's needed. Have I answered your question? <laughs> Jay, what do you think? Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great answer because I find ceremonies you know, kind of like no right or wrong. It's just uh, kind of like make it, make it your own in a way in that present moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think what we've done, if I could say is, and this is my assessment of it, is uh, we have now claimed for ourselves the busyness of our world. And as a result of claiming the busyness of our world, we have now looked at things in our life which we put on a back burner. And ceremony is one of those things, you know, and I'm not just talking about what we're talking about today. You know, we're talking about perhaps spiritual ceremony. I'm talking about ceremony in general, where things like celebrating birthdays and anniversaries, things like that, those ceremonies, you know, start to diminish in terms of what people are willing to do. And I think that so long as we keep making our busy lives um, excuse for us taking time 
for a spiritual connection. I don't know how we're going to be in the world where limitless possibilities are required for humanity right now. Evelyn, what do you think? I, I think it's true, and I think what I have found is, you know, living a busy life is a hell of a distraction. Yeah. So I try to do my ceremony before I leave the bedroom in the morning. I do a gratitude ceremony before I ever... I don't, I'm not even dressed when I do it in the morning. Mm-hmm. Because I know as soon as my feet hit the floor and I come downstairs, I'm going to be up to my eyeballs and things to do. Yeah. <laughs> so I start the morning honoring the spirits that, uh, that I know are with me, that uh, love me and that I love them. I honor the natural world. And the thing I always say at the end is, and I'm grateful for the miracles I experienced today. Mm. Because that sets me up to see the things around me as all potential miracles. And that, yeah. that attitude shift has really been very, very powerful for me because, uh, you know, like you, uh, I, New Yorkers can be awfully jaded, you know, and uh, we can we can fall into that uh, grumpy place pretty easily. I know I'm, yeah. I'm certainly prone to that, and uh, to start my day off that way is a great antidote. It's a marvelous antidote, and it's a simple ceremony. It's just me speaking aloud, using my voice, and the only one who's listening is the cat, <laughs> <laughs> that's, and that's cool. And it's just saying out loud, I'm so grateful that you're here in my life. I'm so grateful the sun is shining today. I'm so grateful if it's raining that the plants are getting watered. I'm so grateful to be able to wake up today. A lot of people didn't get that opportunity. And I'm grateful for the miracles that I experienced today. And then, you know, you put on, put on your kit and go down and start the email and all the other things you got to do in the day. But you set a tone with a daily practice. You set a tone for the day that you can recall if you have a wobble. You know, we all have wobbles during the day. Mm -hmm. You know, with best intentions, we set off for the day and then things happen. (laughs) And if you start off on the right foot, somehow you have a place to go back to during the day. You can go, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Let me take a breath and go back to that sweet place I was in this morning where I was grateful. And re- rebalance yourself. Yeah. What I love about this is, and Jay, I don't know if you you want to comment on it, is, you know, in the book, what you do is you bring us back to this place where, and I don't want to stray far away from this at the moment, where the end game is really negotiating the spirit world, meaning connecting with the spirit world, being part of the spirit world, you know, being in that place that so many people understand the vibration of, but don't know how to get there, right? And so you share so many beautiful stories. And I, I want to ask this last thing, and I don't know if Jay is still on here. I, I, someone made a comment to me over the weekend, and they said to me, how do we heal our woundedness? And, and I know what they were referring to here in the United States. How do we heal our woundedness? And that was such an open question. And I had to think about what I've had to do in my life to heal my woundedness from a number of different things. But you talk about healing, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on what you're talking about when it comes to healing. And you even talk about disharmonious planetary effects. I mean, I don't think you've left anything out, but let's spend a minute and talk about healing. Well, I, you know, the first first step is to go, you know, I, I think there's, there's more to life than the experience I'm having right now. Mm. You know, the experience I'm having right now might really be awful, but I, I just have this notion, I won't even call it faith, this notion that there's something else. And when we are able to get to that place, we might still be mired in whatever the... Uh, unpleasantness is, doing my best not to swear on the radio, um, <laughs> the, uh, whatever the unpleasantness is, the, the trouble that we are experiencing, when we can recognize, yes, that is true, that I am suffering in this moment, and there is something else besides my suffering. And my job is to 
find that other thing that is beyond my suffering, because nobody else can find that for me. You can, however, get support from a spiritual tradition or other people to help you get where you need to go. But it really requires us having that moment to say, there is something besides this. I know I'm somebody who has physical pain, and I have had most of my life. Yeah. And I think of physical pain as this, you know, imagine an, an object about as big as a beach ball that's sort of right in front of your nose, and you can't see anything else when the pain is really bad. But what I've learned is if I keep my world as big as possible, the pain doesn't change size, but it sort of rolls to the back of the bleachers somewhere where it's not as noticeable because there's all this other engagement that I have that, frankly, distracts me from it. And it distracts me in a positive way. I'm engaging mm-hmm. in life. And when I'm fully engaged, I don't, I don't feel that oppression of the pain. I, so I try to teach people that whatever you're experiencing now, there is a larger context that you need to step into. That larger context is where whatever you're experiencing, you can get perspective on it. You know, it's like looking at something from a distance. When you allow yourself to expand your perceptions, and I use shamanic journeying for that, but there are lots of other tools, you expand so that you can look at whatever it is that's going on from that different perspective. Oh, there's all this other stuff that I don't have to wait until I'm better to do. I don't have to wait. I don't have to feel like I'm being punished because I can't do it. What of that bigger expanse can I step into now? And in so doing change my experience of the present. Wow. We have really covered quite a bit. Evelyn, thank you so much for today. Jay, thank you for calling in. Uh, Evelyn, how can we get a copy of the book? How can they find out more about you, all of the above? And last question, what's your personal message? What do you want to leave us with today? Oh, let me talk about the book first quick. It's available, The Nepalese Shamanic Path. Uh, is available on all the usual venues, Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, uh, on and on and on, also on Kindle, on Amazon. You can reach me through spiritpassages.com or my author website, evelynrisedyke.com. And my personal message is to remember that there is a lot more than what we can see and hear and taste and touch. And I think it's really important in this moment to recognize that there is lots more going on behind the scenes than what we are seeing in the newspaper, what we are hearing on the radio, what we are seeing on television. There are good people in the world, and good people in the world are taking action. And it's important for you to use your voice to take action on support, in support of all that is. Not mm. just our little world, but for everything. Our planet needs us, our country needs us, and we need to be fully present in our own lives. Yeah, yeah, powerful, powerful, powerful. Thank you so much for today. Thank you, Benny. Thank you, Jay, and you all out there. We have another hour coming up. Dr. Glenna Rice, fasten your seatbelt for this. We're going to go from Nepal to right inside our own consciousness here about business and being a mom. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.